2 Corinthians chapter 1, which is what we looked at last week, but then today we're going to go to the book of Esther as well. So we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and then ultimately end up in Esther. You say, Pastor, where is Esther? It's in the Old Testament, and um, it's right after Nehemiah. So that should settle it for everybody in the room. All right? Actually, just go to Psalms and go back two books, and you'll find the book of Esther. So we started a series last week called The Power of Yes. The Power of Yes. And I want to read to you, starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For all the promises of God. Somebody say all. all. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. For all the promises of God, not some of the promises of God, all the promises of God, everything that God has ever promised, there is a yes attached to it. Hallelujah. In fact, God's just got yes written all over your life. It's all over your life. He just looks at you and he goes, yes. Now the devil's looking at you and going, no, 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 he'll never make it. She'll never do it. No, it's not going to happen. But God looks at you differently. The world may look at you, your, your friends may look at you one way, your employer may look at you uh, another way, but when God looks at you, he sees a yes, huh? He just stamps you with a yes. In fact, that's what it says in the Message Bible. Watch this. In the Message Paraphrase, here's what it says. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Hallelujah. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. Now, this is my, the part that I love. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. In other words, God's already said yes. God's already stamped your life with yes. God's up there looking at you going, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can fulfill God's promises. Yes, you can go through that door that I've opened up for you. Yes, you can go there. Yes, you can do that. God's already said yes. What he's waiting on is for you to say yes. Some of you go, I'm just waiting on God. No, no, that's not how it works. God's waiting on you. God's waiting on you. All right? Because I said this last week, God wants to use you but he doesn't have to use you. Huh? He doesn't have to use you. He wants to use you, right? But if you're not willing to say yes, God's looking for somebody who's going to say yes. So God will keep searching until he finds somebody that says yes. It might be one in three, one in five, one in ten, one in a hundred. But he's going to find somebody that says yes. Yes, God. So we have to combine God's yes with our yes. So we're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. Because I would argue that the greatest thing you own, the greatest, most powerful thing you own, is your ability to say yes and no. Yes and no. Yes and no. And our, we're doing a daily devotion. Many people are online on the Bible app. And this morning's devotion said this. It said the average person makes 35,000 decisions a day. 35,000 decisions. The first one is, do I even get out of bed? <laughs> do I even want to get out of bed? Huh? Yes, first decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you go through the day and there's all these decisions. But listen, you're in this room. You're sitting here today not because you said no. You're sitting here today because you said yes. Huh? Yes. 
Honey, would you like to go check out that church? Yes. I think I'll stop by. Should I stop by? Yes. Somebody invited you. Yes, I'll go. Listen, it was a series of yeses that got you to this point, right? And the most powerful thing you own is the power of your choice. It's the ability to say yes and no. The ability to say yes and no. God did not create you to be a robot. He does not force his will upon you. He just gives you the ability to choose. He says, I've set before you. Here's a choice. You could choose life. You could choose death. You could choose blessing. You could choose cursing. Choose cursing. You could say yes to God, but you can also say no to God's plan. No to God's will. See, because with every yes, there comes a no. And I said that last week. When you say yes to God, you have to say no to distractions. Right? Because when you say yes to God, you have to say no to distractions. That's what saying yes to God really is. It's ultimately saying no to distractions. When you say yes to something, you ultimately say no to something. This, this Saturday, I'm doing a wedding. Huh? And I'm going to stand there, and there's going to be a groom, and there's going to be a bride, and I'm going to say to the groom, hey, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to? And I'm going to list these things out that he promises to do. Huh? And he's ultimately going to say, I hope he's ultimately going to say, <laughs> yes. And when he says yes to her, what he's saying is no to every other woman that walks the face of the earth. Come on now. That's what you did when you got married. Hallelujah. So when you say yes to something, you also say no to other things. And fasting, watch this, fasting is all about the yeses and the noes. Yes, yes. Yes, I will fast. No, I will not eat that bag of potato chips. Yes, I will spend time with the Lord. No, I will not grab the ice cream out of the freezer and devour it. It's about yeses and noes, right? You're saying no to food temporarily, or at least certain types of food, so that you can say yes to God. You can say yes to God. That's what fasting is. Amen? It's disciplining yourself to say no to certain things. It's disciplining yourself to be able to push away from things because it's not just about food. As a Christian, there's a few other no's we should say no to. No, I'm not going to watch that. Come on, somebody. No, I'm not going to listen to that radio station. There are some radio stations as Christians we shouldn't listen to. There are some shows as Christians we shouldn't watch. So there are some things we shouldn't click on. Come on, somebody. It's our ability to say yes and no. So we have to say no. So God leads us into this time of fasting so that we can discipline our bodies to be able to say no. But then we also get to say yes to God. Hallelujah. Yes, God. Yes, God, I'll spend this time with you. Yes, I'll take my time at lunch. Yes, I'll take the breakfast hour. Yes, I'll take some time at night. And I'm going to get to church so, so that I can get away from the distractions, say no to all that, discipline myself, and learn how to say yes to you. Learn how to say yes to you. So that's really what fasting is. It's about the yes and about the no's. Now, I want you to go to the book of Esther if you're there, and we're going to look about uh, this woman's life. But before I get into the scriptures, let me just give you a little background. Esther was queen. At this time, she had taken over for a woman by the name of Vashti. 
and she became the queen over the land. And the king's name was Xerxes, and, and he was a powerful ruler. In fact, even as queen, she had to be invited into his presence. She couldn't just walk in to the room. I mean, this guy was it. You know what I'm saying? This guy was it on a stick. He was everything that there was to be. Men, we're not as high as this dude was. You know what I'm saying? Cynthia walks in the room. I go, hey, hey, hey. Did not give you permission to come into my presence. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'd have a frying pan. Bam! Over my head. But that's the way it was back then. Well, Esther was Jewish. And she had an enemy. In fact, the entire... Jewish population had an enemy at that time. His name was Haman. And Haman had tricked the king into making a decree that the Jews were to be wiped out, exterminated. And there was a man named Mordecai who got a hold of this plan and he heard about it and he was cousins with Esther and he went to Esther and he began to talk to her. And here's what he said. If you're in Esther chapter 4, verse number 13, it says this, and Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Hallelujah. In other words, Esther's kind of repeating what I just said. I mean, Mordecai's repeating it to Esther. He's saying to Esther, Esther, God wants to use you, but he doesn't have to use you. Huh? God wants you to do something great. This could be the moment of your life. This could be the time when you step right into the plan and purpose of God, the reason why you were created, the reason why God made you. You may have come into the kingdom for such a time as this, but if you don't step up, somebody else will. God's going to see to it that his plan, his purpose, his will is accomplished. God will bring salvation from someplace, but it may be you, Esther. It may be you, right? Because she had the opportunity to go into the king's presence. If she went into his presence and he raised to her a scepter, a golden scepter, then she was allowed to come into his presence. And so there was an opportunity there. And Mordecai said, Esther, you need to do this. And Esther's reply was, yes. She just simply said, yes. Now watch this, verse number 15, it says this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go, gather all the Jews who were present in Shushan, and, uh, and actually it says this, and let, uh, fast for me, neither meat or neither drink three days, eat nor drink for three days, night or day, my maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish... I perish. Come on now. She said, look, I, I, you know, because Mordecai said, you, if you don't do this, you're dead. And Esther's like, well, if I do it, I, I may be dead too. So I'm dead if I do. Come on. I'm dead if I don't. Huh? So listen, so she said, let's fast. She said, tell Mordecai, tell all the Jews we're going to fast for three days. We're not going to eat. We're not going to drink for three days. Huh? Now watch this. Watch this. 
Fasting does not get God to love you any more than he already loves you. If you go home and grill yourself a T-bone steak, God loves you just as much as if you're fasting. He's not going to love you any less. He's not going to love you any more. Fasting doesn't change God's love for you. It also doesn't force God to move. Did you hear me now? You're not twisting God's arm. Come on. Esther wasn't twisting God's arm. So if we fast, God will have to do it. No, no, no. Fasting does not twist God's arm and force God to do anything. What fasting does is fasting gives us the ability to get alone with God to hear his voice. Alone with God to hear his voice, right? Because I would argue this, that the first yes that you have to say, God, say to God is not to go save a nation, right? The first yes that you say to God is to a deeper prayer life. Did you hear me now? Because some of us, we look at this story of Esther and we go, wow, okay, it's a matter of life and death. I mean, if that, if that was forced upon me, then I guess I would fast. But listen, where we're at right here, where we live in this nation, fasting is not a matter of life and death for you physically, right? Now, other places in the world, people are, Christians are still being persecuted. Christians are still being beheaded, and, and there's lots of that going on around the world. But where we live, it's not a matter of, of life and physical death, even though sometimes when you're fasting, you feel like you're about to die in any second now. But no, 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 it's not, a, it's not a matter of life and death physically. But I would argue this, it is a matter of life and death. That's how serious hearing the voice of God is. Can I just tell you today, nothing is more important than you hearing the voice of God. Did you hear me now? Nothing is more important than you hearing the voice of God. Huh? So the first yes you say yes to is to a deeper prayer life. Because some of you go, well, if I was in Esther's shoes, I'd make that same choice that she made. Well, you're not in Esther's shoes, but guess what? You still need to hear the voice of God to be a good husband. Come on now. Did you hear me now? You still need to hear the voice of God to be a good wife, to be a good dad, to be a good mom, to be able to, to run a business, to be able to, to have favor on the job. You still need to hear the voice of God just to drive in Palm Beach County. Come on, somebody. You need to hear the voice of God just to live life. And if you can't get alone to hear the voice of God, you will never step into the plan of God for your life. So the first calling that God calls you to is to a deeper prayer life so that you can know and hear God's voice. Because here's what happened with Esther, right? Here's what happened with Esther. She didn't go, she didn't fast for three days and go, well, now God has to do it because we've been fasting. No, here's what happened. When she fasted for three days, she said, okay, God, now I've gotten alone with you. I've spent time with you. I've heard your voice. I know that your hand is on my life and I can confidently step into the throne room. And as she took every step towards the throne room, she said, God, I know that you've heard my prayers. I've heard your voice. I 
I know this is your will. I know this is your plan. I can come into the king's throne room and say, I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the promises of God over my life. Listen, it's because she got alone with God to hear the voice of God. Amen? And it's the same with you. You need to get alone with God so that you can hear the voice of God, so that you can take every step that God's called you to, and you can take a step and say, God, I know that you're watching over my family. I know that you're bringing my unsaved kids back to you. I know that you're going to provide for me in the midst of this economy. I know that you are going to provide for these bills. I know that you're going to work it out for me financially. I know that you're going to bless my business. God, I know that you're going to restore this marriage that seems like it's broken beyond repair. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know that I've spent time with you and I'm listening to your voice. And as I listen to your voice, faith arises because the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And so I'm hearing your voice. I've got faith to declare the promises of God. And for me, the promises of God, they are yes and they are amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. It is vital it is vital that you hear the voice of God. And so fasting is just an invitation. Come on now, that's all it is. Esther was invited by Mordecai. Hey, this could be your moment. This could be why you were born. This could be why you've come into the kingdom. It's your such a time as this moment. Amen? But how do you get to that moment? You have to hear the voice of God. You have to hear the voice of God. I don't want to go through life just wondering, thinking I'm on the right path. Because you know how God works, right? He's not Apple Maps. He doesn't give you every step of the way. He gives you a step, maybe two steps, and then when you get there, come on now, when you're obedient, because I said it last week, here's what happens. When you say yes to one door, then another door opens up to you. And he's waiting for you to just take that step of obedience. So we have to develop a deep prayer life. We have to hear his voice. I told you a little bit of my testimony last week in getting into ministry. And there were several major decisions we made. Major decisions we made. But when we moved to North Florida... My wife and I, and then ultimately I said that we began to pastor a church in a small town there. We took over a church, God opened that door. We said yes, right? And I thought I was going to be there till Jesus comes back. I thought this is it now. You know what I mean? And we took over a church of 30 people, and within three months we grew it to 15. <laughs> and, and then after that, all of a sudden, the church just began to grow, grow and, and great things started happening. And Man, we were completely out of debt, and, and God was doing great things. But I was a pastor and the youth pastor of the church <laughs> and the lawnmower and the mop bucket carrier. I mean, you know, I did a lot of things over there. And so I took some youth to a youth event. And I remember it was a Calvary church just outside of Orlando. And I went down to an altar when they gave an invitation to just come spend some time with God. And we brought the whole youth group up down to the altar. And I clearly heard the voice of God say, one day you will pastor a church called Trinity. 
called Trinity, right? I heard it so clear, it's as if it was an audible voice. It wasn't, and I'm not saying it was, but I'm telling you, that's how clear it was to me. So then I knew, I knew, this church is not the final church. This isn't it. So a couple years went by. I didn't force anything to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. But all of a sudden, I began to feel that tug. I began to feel a pull from God. And God said, now's the time. And so I maintained a relationship with my pastor, of course, Pastor Tom Peters in Lake Worth. He's been my pastor for 42 years. So I went to him 2004. And I said, Pastor, I know that you have talked about partnering with people to launch other churches. And, and I'm just, my wife and I, were interested. We feel like this is God's will. And he says to me, watch this, he says to me, well, Brian, let me just ask you this question. This isn't that you have to do it, but would you be willing to call it Trinity? <laughs> you see, we had questions. Listen, just because you step into the will of God, just because you hear God's voice, doesn't mean that there won't be some questions. Come on now. It's not like God doesn't, you know, he answers every question you've ever had. Okay, God doesn't work like that. There's still some faith and you still have to step out and there still may be some things that you have to work through because we didn't know how we were going to live. We didn't know where we were going to live. We don't know how we were going to make money. You know what I mean? We thought, how, how is this all going to happen? Nobody promised us anything financially. So we had all these questions. But as we were driving from North Florida to launch this church, which started out called Trinity West, of course, now we're Grace Chapel. As we, as we were driving home, I knew that I knew that I knew that this was God's will because I heard his voice. Nothing could be more important than you hearing the voice of God. It may not be to launch a church. It may be to start a business. It may be about your kids. It may be about your marriage. It may be about your finances. It may be about your physical body. You need to hear the voice of God for yourself. And fasting is an invitation for you to get alone with God, to hear his voice. And when you hear his voice, here's what happened. Faith just comes. Faith comes by hearing. It sure does. Amen? It's just an invitation, right? Not everybody will accept it. Not everybody will say yes, but some will. Many people, I believe, will. I want to encourage you. We've still got 14 days left in our fast. We've still got 14 days. You jump in anytime. You jump in if there's three days left, but I hope you jump in tonight. I hope you jump in tonight. But listen, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to take these next 40, 14 days to really press in to hear God's voice. Listen, it is vital for you. huh? It's not for pastors only. It's not for leaders only. It's not for just when you have to make a major decision. Well, I got a major decision in six months, so six months from now, I guess I'll, I'll press in. No, no, no. Right here, right now. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next week, the next month, six months from now. You need to hear his voice today. Amen? I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come to the keyboard today. This is why we're fasting. We're saying yes to certain things and we're saying no to others. Huh? 
Yes, God, I need to hear your voice.